I'm Rachel, the creative director for Ramdas's Love Serve Remember Foundation, and I'd like to welcome you to our Inner Academy, a virtual Dharma Hall where our family of wisdom teachers will help you navigate your daily life by bringing ancient wisdom into a modern context. With over 200 hours of audio and video teachings, meditations, and practices from teachers like Ramdas, Krishnadas, Sharon Salzberg, Jack Kornfield, Roshi Joan Halifax, Joseph Goldstein, and many more. The Inner Academy is your core resource for finding balance, presence, and navigating the ups and downs of your daily life. The Inner Academy has guidance for every step of your journey. Choose from an annual or monthly membership and gain access to past and future courses, retreat replays, virtual community, and much more. If you've been familiar with Love Server Member Foundation for a while, you'll know that most of our offerings are given freely or on a sliding scale basis. So when you subscribe to the Inner Academy, you're paying it forward and bolstering our ability to continue creating accessible offerings for all in the future, as Ramdas wished for us to do. Be here now and start your journey with Ramdas's Inner Academy today. For more, visit ramdas.org forward slash Inner Academy. This is Mind Rolling, and we're back this week on location, and I'm Raghu Marcus. I'm David Silver. Welcome. And we had the pleasure of, uh, of, of David and I joining a retreat with Ram Das, Krishna Das, Mirabai Bush, and Sharon Salzberg, and we were able to corral them all into one of these Mind Rolling podcasts and uh, had some terrific uh, conversations that I'm sure you're all going to enjoy. The first one is with Krishna Das, who many of you know is, is the chant kirtan guy around uh, traveling around the world and uh, was recently nominated for a Grammy, which is a wonderful thing. And he um, uh, also performed in, in the uh, pre-Grammy telecast. So we're pretty happy to have him aboard. Yeah, on the Grammys, Raghu, is great because he opened, he actually opened the whole show. Because they have two things, really. One's the pre-Grammy, and then there's the one that everybody sees with Rihanna and, and so on. But the, uh, the pre-show was uh, streamed live, and uh, it was fantastic to see uh, Krishnadas and his group open the entire thing uh, with a, a fabulous chant. And for people to be listening, and then David Allen Greer, the comedian from In Living Color, who was hosting the show, came on after it immediately and said, I'm blissed out. And uh, so <laughs> I don't know how, you know, I mean, there was a degree of irony there, but it's the Grammys. But uh, Krishnadas et al. were, were just fantastic uh, in, in, front of, in front of an audience that really probably a minute percentage uh, had ever experienced anything like that before. I mean, the live audience in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we're pretty happy about this, and we're uh, going to get right to it in a minute. But we do want to... Um, uh, we want to thank everybody for... We've been on for about uh, three months doing these podcasts, so it's kind of a brand new thing, and uh, a nice uh, audience has come aboard, and we kind of uh, you know, feel really um, uh, like we've got new brethren that uh, we've never met before, So, and, and sharing our path, our lives with people has been a real joy. And uh, here's some, we do need support, though. Absolutely uh, no question about it. It, uh, uh, it. it is something that is 
completely, utterly supported by everybody who listens. And, and there's a couple of different ways we can do it. Dave, why don't you talk about Audible, audible.com. Well, one way of supporting us, which is kind of sort of painless, really, is to our, our, our sponsor is audible.com, which, as you may know, is, is the, the premier, uh, you know, books on, well, they're not books on tapes anymore. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're whatever they are, however you buy them. Uh, but, you know, they're great, and they've got hundreds of thousands of titles, and they support us. One of the ways in which you can help us is that we get a, a small amount, but a percentage, of what you put in uh, for buying a book. So you get a book, and we get a little something. Now, Well, you get a free they have book. A, you get a free book for the first month. In other words, uh, they have a 30-day a free offer for everyone, and you can choose from those hundreds of thousands of books, and we'll recommend a couple, but you can choose anything. So you don't pay anything, and um, we benefit from your interest in audible.com. So you should do that. And I think the um, the URL is, is what is it, Rago? It's mindrolling.com slash... No, it's not. It's audio... You're telling it? me. You're the one who knows. I know from nothing about this. We are, we are, we are, we are the lamest promoters in the world. <laughs> I wrote it down. I think I ripped it up. So you can just get fire me. Find oh, some God. really, you know, better person to go do to mindrollingpodcast.com and look at the Audible banner and yeah. just click on it. That'll be the best way. I think it's it. actually audibletrial.com slash mindrolling. That's what it is. Let's say it real clearly now. Audible dot no. Try again. Audibletrial.com slash mindrolling. Thank you so much. Um, okay. And also, we, of course, have a donate button. So if you want to just uh, throw some money into the old donate button uh, link, uh, that would be great as well. And finally, we are now affiliates of uh, Amazon.com, where you can get anything these days. It's pretty fantastic. So you just that you do have to go to mindrollingpodcast.com and hit on that link to Amazon and uh, buy whatever you want. And uh, we get a little, a small percentage, but it all adds up. And, yeah, I mean, uh, like, buy a, you know, buy a Sharon Salzberg book and a Ferrari. <laughs> and then we're done. You know, we're cool forever. Oh, don't know about that, but... Uh, well, so uh, for a while. <laughs> for a while. <laughs> So we thank you for th those of you that have gotten around to uh, supporting us and, uh, and for those of you who are newly listening to uh, this podcast, uh, you know, we encourage you, if you like what you hear, and to continue with us, uh, it would be wonderful to have some support. So without further ado, we will uh, now go to On Location with uh, Krishnadas. Um, welcome to Mind Rolling, David Silver, Raga Marcus with Krishnadas. And we're very happy to welcome you to our uh, empty table. Charlie Rose type table. This table is representative of the mind in its natural state. Okay, enough of that. Empty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and full at the same time. Well, we've we got to tell you about mind. We've never even told you what mind rolling, you have no idea. It sounds what, like mindrolling, which it is, is. Yes. It, we, okay, so I'll tell that. you the backstory, although I've told Do it quickly, because you've told it four times in four shows. All right, but you okay, have. quickly. It comes from, uh, I love Kondro Rinpoche, and I saw her uh, mindrolling Kondro Rinpoche. Yeah, mindrolling. Yeah. Right. 
But it was mind-rolling. Yeah. Mind-rolling. That's great. David and I are going to do a podcast. And then we couldn't find any, uh, you know, uh, way to find out what were they talking about, what was mind-rolling, anything. We couldn't, we'd look, Google, nothing happened. We so. found, you found it, though. You did But eventually it. I found it. The you Garden know, it of... The Garden of Ripening and Awakening is the mind-rolling garden. Mm -hmm. So we have a, a large aspiration that we, we are trying to reach with this. But initially, this whole thing was started because a guy named Duncan Trussell, who's a comedian in L.A., said, you guys should do a podcast. And so we're doing, I've been doing one with Ramdas, putting his lectures up, talking a little bit about it before and setting it up. And he said, which is the first question, he said, there are tons of people in their 20s and 30s that have been interested. He gets about a lot of downloads every week of people downloading his podcast. And he, he loves Ramdas and he includes stuff about him all the time. And he says the feedback that he gets is a lot of young people, although they, they're not officially on the path or anything like that, but they are wondering how to deal with their lives. That's the, some of the same stressors that we had. He's, so he's always asking, what happened to you when in the late 60s and early 70s? How are you dealing with blah, 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 with some of this stuff in your life? So what, I mean, you, you get a lot of young people to your co concerts and so on. What would you be saying to people as, in terms of real down-to-earth practical, how do I deal with my life every day and the stressors? Hi, you know, the first thing I tell everybody is you've got to find some practice to do every day. Uh, something I tell, you know, if they can even do, if you can, but start searching for some practice, which means you have to do some reading and you have to do some research, you have to go out and see teachers, you have to kind of begin to immerse yourself in the stuff a little bit, but to try to do something even five minutes a day where you're starting to disengage from whatever is happening, you know, just five minutes, turn your phone off for five minutes a day. That in itself is a practice <laughs> for a lot of people. Yeah. So, uh, because without some practice, you, you know, we were doing all these practices without even realizing we were, realizing we were doing them. We were doing them because we wanted to because at, at that time everybody was like trying to find stuff to do. Right. But these days it's not in the culture, it's not in the awareness the same way. It's gotten, everything's gotten so compartmentalized. This is spiritual practice and we're not doing that, we're doing daily life kind of stuff. So mm. people have to start just recognizing they have to, it's only from doing a practice that you develop the ability to uh, deal with the difficult stuff that happens every day. There's no other way to deal with it. You can understand it, you can therapize it, you can counsel it, you can psychiatricize it, but you can't actually let go of it until you you've really start doing some kind of practice. You know, we talked about when we first started Mind Rolling podcast series, we talked about what were the things that, you know, began our transformation, you know, either meeting people in the late 60s or hearing music. Which is what Coltrane and Meher Baba, Peter Townsend, yeah, all of Beatles a little bit, yeah. TM. We talked about all of those early mm -hmm. things that have been so, actually, pretty powerful in our lives, even no matter where we've gone. Those were the beginnings for me, I think. What about, you know, so music, for me, it was like hearing John Coltrane no, yeah. when I was 15 years old mm -hmm. play my favorite things, I'll right. never forget right. that. Mm -hmm. And I know we've all been really, you know, intensely associated with music as work and, and so on. What about you? 
in those days did make that kind of impression? Or what were the first, I mean, the first thing I saw was Mayor Baba, uh, a, a photo saying, don't worry, be happy. And I, mm. that led me to really think about, you know, stuff from the East and so on. I, 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 I was into blues. I was into country blues. Mm. And that's how I got my release from things. And, mm. and of course, the blues is, 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 is all about suffering and pain. So I got into Buddhism very early, too. But actually, it was, uh, I believe somebody gave me the gospel of Ramakrishna when I was uh, in high school. And that, you know, I couldn't, here I am reading about somebody who's talking to this god, you know, goddess, like a person, you know, and I was like, what the is this? <laughs> and that kind of, that kind of, you know, I'm trying to think of what it was, but really? Yeah. The thing that changed everything was peyote. Mm. First time I did peyote. All the lights went on and I went, oh, yeah. this is the way things are. I get this. This is fine. Yeah. You know, this is absolutely mm. perfect. Yeah. And then after that, then I got really involved with, with Buddhism and, and sitting and, and practice, and, you know, learning about all these things because... Mm. Uh, and reading an autobiography of Yogi, everything was different after that because I saw what was possible. It was my first day out of the house, you know. Yeah. yeah. It was like, yeah. Wow, yeah. you know, oh yeah. wow. It's, and the, the thing, the funny thing about it was, for me, it was, the feeling was, oh, this is the way it is. Mm. It wasn't like, wow, this is a hallucination. This is great. Mm. No, no, this is the way it is. Mm -hmm. yeah. I completely believed that that was. It plugged in and there this, early. And this was what I had been living was, was ridiculous. Contemporary. Yeah. Which yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. That's pretty Plug early to be plugged yeah. in like that. So, I mean, that, yeah. that before Ramdas? This is 17. Before? I'm 17. I took yeah. peyote between my junior and senior years of high school. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, young. That's, yeah, that is young. But, you know, people do it young now. I mean, I didn't do peyote until mid-20s. No, wait something. a second. Wait a second. No, that's not... No? Well, you were in high school, if you remember. No, it is true. I think, yeah. I, I think that is true. I mean, true. that's unusual, uh, yeah. you know. It might have been right after high school, because Andy, my friend, was... No, no, Andy was, at, Andy was a year ahead of me. Andy, who died last year, yeah. Andy Goldman, he was at Adelphi, and Seth was in the southeast, southwest, mm -hmm. and I was at Herrick's yeah. High School. I was, they were, each of them were ahead, a year ahead of me, and they were gone. So they, Seth sent the peyote, and Andy and I cooked it up oh, really? in my mother's kitchen. My mother walks in and says, what's that? I said, oh, it's an experiment. And <laughs> she just kept going. You know. it's like, well, but you, nice. didn't, you didn't do it with a, with a Native American. I did, I did it with you know, the Bruley Sioux medicine men, you know, and mm -hmm. with 20, 400 Native Americans, and we had to take 25 buttons minimum. We, they wouldn't let us in the Hogan. Oh. And they fed it to you at the door. Oh. That was my first experience. Mm -hmm. I went to South Dakota. I lived there for a month with these people. Mm. And it was the same with me, except that I was scared stiff a little bit at the time. Because there were all kinds of things going on. There was this guy called a fire chief. And he mm -hmm. there was a water chief. And the fire chief blow on this huge fire in the middle of the Hogan. With oh, them. yeah. Mm -hmm. They blow and make an eagle. Just like that. Right mm -hmm. in front of me and Ronnie, my wife. Mm -hmm. And we all saw it. So it was a, it was a, a shared... Miracle, if you like. Yeah, yeah. It's very impressive oh. to this moment. I didn't know that about you, you know, peyote, though. But, you know. Yeah, that was the first day. I was before I smoked dope. 
before I smoked really? pot. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? First time to pay with Wow, that's, mm-hmm. that's rare. It's, I mean, the interesting rare. thing is when we spoke about, okay, what were the markets that we talked about early, you know, music. Dylan, for me, was a, a major thing, Dylan, and sure. of course, for all of us. And, uh, and even Ali Akbar Khan, I actually managed to see in the late 60s by oh, just wow. happening into a church in Berkeley. Um, but, it, but it was obviously the psychedelic experience that you know allowed us to see, okay, yep, there is something that's... Yeah, so I don't know about, you, I don't know what young people are going to do these days because the culture is so different. It's kind of now incorporated all that psychedelic information yeah. without the experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. There's artwork, there's psychedelic artwork, yeah. there's all you know, everything yeah. everywhere you go, that it's yeah. all open, it's all you know, everybody thinks because they can say it, it is it. Yeah. But it isn't. Yeah. So I, I don't know whether people growing up now mm-hmm. it it could be they don't need that experience. They're already somehow expanded. Well, the ones, that, the ones that come to care then, Katie. I mean, yeah. most of those. That's true. They weren't in. You know, in the '60s, nobody was. Not only was nobody singing Kirtan, but people weren't going. No. So it's. A, but that's part of that. See, part of that is a com- is, is a result of the information spreading. Right. You know. Right. And everybody's. Yeah. Yeah. And it's filling a need. There's no question. The need is there. The need's always there yeah. in every culture. Every. Yeah. Civilization. The question is whether people find a way to fulfill, you know, that need. Yeah. And, and, and I, what I hear from this, I mean, Duncan is our, you know, he's the guy. Well, not just Duncan, but there's other people that have come to us, and they're genuinely. This guy, uh, Jared. All right, our friend Jared, mm-hmm. who yeah. you met, who's at, who's here at the retreat. Uh, he is totally into, you know, the psychedelic consciousness mm-hmm. himself and he absolutely has he said these teachings I feel like they're part of me they have been uh, you know something that you know it's, it's I haven't had to reach for the one thing that he has had to reach for is the idea of a guru that seems to be the biggest stopper for any of these people talk about that a little bit hmm. Well, really, you know, Ram Dass and I used to sit, talk about it. We used to say, really, the only thing that we're sharing with anybody is our faith in Maharaji. Mm. That's what we're really sharing with people. Mm. Uh, that's all. That, everything else is secondary. But what, what people get from hanging out with us is, is our the way we see the world. Hmm. And we see the world, this is his show, and we're just actors in it. Right. So yeah. that's a lot for people to, to yeah. digest. But people accept that, they feel that. And it's a way of seeing your life. Yeah. So I don't know what to say about, you know, it's complicated. You definitely, they say you need a guru, but is a guru somebody outside of you? Mm-hmm. No. You know, yeah. a guru is your own intuition, Your own. you have to trust your own heart. And, but that's difficult to do be, until you until you have those experiences that allow you to trust yourself, because we're also carried away by our emotions and our 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 movies and our, our the stories we tell ourselves. It's very difficult to know uh, how to 
release that stuff unless you've somehow been touched by that kind of that love that's beyond all those stories okay. so you know but on the other hand what are you going to do sit in the home jerk off you know you have to live and you have to find a way to live in the world in a good way and there's plenty of teachings out there this is not a, it's not a mystery we're suffering that's why that's why buddha taught about that's why buddha said over and over again i teach one thing suffering the causes of suffering and the removal of, and, and and the removal of suffering because you don't need a guru to tell you that you just stubbed your fucking toe you know so what in this case the guru is your own awareness your own understanding and your own recognition of the state that your life is in nobody has to tell you it's screwed up that you're not getting what you want because if, and eventually if you know you start to see you're not getting what you want because of your own stuff it's nobody else's doing it to you it's your own stuff so then you go now what do I do I can't blame anybody for this so you have to you're forced to finally face yourself and that's the point where you the inner guru is 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 making is 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 your own true being which is always here and which is um, it's kind of the the screen on which your movie is playing out so after a while you just you see your stuff and you just how do I let go of this stuff well you're being you know uh, human beings experience um, we experience we being pulled into ourselves this, the guru talk. thing is funny. When I got to Australia last year, I got to Sydney, in fact. This Just before I got there, this big Australian guru, uh, uh, an Australian guy, right. who had thousands and thousands of d devotees, and everybody wore white, and was holy. He got busted for pedophilia. Oh, and the whole crowd was just like, you know, and, and a lot of them came to the, to, to the kirtan, and... I was also doing a workshop the next day, <laughs> and unfortunately, one of the women who was involved in that scene came to see me just before the workshop and talked to me about all this. Mm. So I came out with just with both guns blazing, you know, and I basically said, you know, you know, Westerners don't know what guru is. You see, we set up these people, you know, who want need to be worshipped in order to feel good, and we worship them and we feel good. And we think that's a guru, you know. It's fucking crazy. I said, you, you know, we're idiots, and you, you know, you're you're hurting right now because of your own stupidity, you know, and your own naivete. Don't blame that guy. You know, he's getting punished enough. So you know, you wanted to love somebody because you don't know how to love yourself, and this is what happened to you. And that's what it is. So, and I guess that seems a little harsh, but it does cut through. You can't. You got to cut through the nonsense. I because I, I see this all the time. You know, people giving their they want to love so badly. They want to love. They want to love. Of course, they're not really letting love in. They're just feeling a little pet on the head, and they feel fine. Mm. You know, and they think that's a guru. You know, mm. uh, you know, the real gurus you never see. You never see. look at Maharaji. Mm. Nobody knew about him. The person that in the government, in Indira Gandhi's government, there was a huge office, and they were all Maharaji's devotees, almost all of them. But they did. They. They worked next to each other, and it wasn't until he died that they took his pictures out of their drawer and put it on the thing, and they looked at each other like, you? 
Yes, what do you mean? I've known him for 30 years. I've known him for 25. And they, they're sitting next to each other. So the real guys, they don't do any. They do, they, a real guru does. He doesn't teach. He changes you from the inside. Although he might give teachings, but it's your experience with him that changes you from the inside. Not because he lets you bow and scrape and, and lick his toes. No, because he makes you look at yourself. He forces you to you know, see your own stuff. Kids, That's kids often, not kids, younger people often say to me, you know, they're sort of envious of the fact that when we were in our 20s, we were aware of some real gurus, Ramakrishna, Yoga, you know, mm -hmm. all that. They were all seemed to pop up with us. Teachers yeah, would talk about them. Now they got all these. It's not like that now, and, and, and it's very confusing, I think. It sounds a bit patronizing, but it's confusing for them because there's no, like, I think Ramdas said last year, maybe in the book, that there weren't really any around <laughs> that he could talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, and somebody of 25 reads that and goes, well. Yeah, a lot of people take exception to that, but, yeah. you know, the proof of the pudding, unfortunately, is in the eating. Yeah. yeah. And, um, of course, we're talking here with such arrogance about Yeah, really. But, like, I wonder what this looks like to other people. Well, no, but I mean, it, it's been a long time, at least invested all that time and, and love in 40 years in it. Mm -hmm. You get to know your discrimination yeah. changes. Yeah. I well, think you're these, allowed to talk about it. These people that are coming through that, that this guy Duncan is talking about, mm. they, and Duncan himself is a good example, they trust Ramdas. Yeah. There's there's a tremendous amount of trust that's gone in there. So, Ramdas is guru. That you know, it obviously just follows through for them. I I walked into his house and he to do a podcast with him, and there was a big picture of Maharaj. That was the only thing in the room, mm. and he you know just he he said you know I just immediately when I heard Ramdas I trusted him, which is no different than any of us, mm -hmm. you know all those years ago and. That's you know fortunate for us that uh, you know that 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 trust was valid obviously when we went over there and, and yeah. saw him. So I think that that you know in this particular case and you're talking about uh, we've been talking about Ramdas a lot. We just talked to uh, you know a few people here at the retreat, mm -hmm. and um, obviously that's a central thing we've been talking about that trust and a feeling of safety that we could open up back then as people are at this treat as at this retreat un, in within that feeling of trust and safety and i think that's a big a big issue i mean mm -hmm. not an issue but oh. without that i think it's a very difficult situation I mean, but the idea of safety didn't arise in those days remember right. we were just we were just happy in the, oh. in that hanging out with him and with the people that we met there. I mean, there weren't all these issues about these kind of like power struggle things, you know, like, am I safe or am I, can I do this? And is anybody going to rip me off emotionally and stuff like that? That wasn't an issue in those days. Yeah, no, we were true. too naive, I guess. Yeah. Maybe it was too much yeah. at the beginning yeah. before, before the, you know, the bogey yogis got, started coming around and ripping everybody off. Maybe yeah. it was a little early. But even so, and even so, when you do kirtan all over the world, a lot of the people are very young, from our point of view, mm -hmm. eighteen to twenty-five or something. Mm -hmm. They just get 40. into it. And it doesn't matter. They yeah. just love it, and it does something, no matter if they don't even know the word guru. 
You know, I know we all know that's true. Yeah, no, that's absolutely. People just are. Oh, by the way, I think we're being presumptuous even more. Krishna Das, for those of you who don't know, and I have actually played a song or two of you on the on the Ramdas a podcast actually and gone. Do anybody know who doesn't know who Krishna? I go, who doesn't know who Krishna Das is? Mm -hmm. And a few people, you know, a number of people come up and I send them a song, and they're all happy. Mm -hmm. Krishna Das has been chanting around the world for since 1995, four, five, mm -hmm. and um, is uh, someone who uh, a lot of people have come to without any of these trappings mm -hmm. of Hinduism or anything whatsoever, any kind of dogma, and which is what he just said, which is absolutely true. They're able to just ride on the waves of the music and the mantra. You know. So I think you need to, before we end our little podcast, talk a little bit about that practice and yeah. what it can be, what it is for you and what it can be for people <coughs> without having to get buy into any Hindu trip or any other kind of trip. You know, I, I, from my point of view, I don't know what it looks like to anybody else, but the way I see it, I just sit down and sing, and Maharaji transmits his presence to people. That's what happens. And people feel that. I, personally, I don't, I mean, other than the fact that I seem to have to show up and sing, I don't know what else I have to do with it. I just sit mm -hmm. down and I sing, but he's the one, he transmits his presence. and. Um, uh, People feel it, so, it, and it's not about being a Hindu. It's not about being anything. You know, it's just about presence, your own f sense of well-being inside. Mm -hmm. He lights that up in people, and that's that's mm -hmm. what happens. And it's not. It's a product of the combination of the music and the chanting of, of these mantras, these names. Um, that seems to have to happen, but it's all his grace. It's all his doing. So, and uh, and there's a tremendous hunger for that. You know, there's more mm -hmm. people came to mm -hmm. sing in Moscow than, than come in New York. Yeah. And I never been to Moscow. In Moscow, mm -hmm. you know, they, everybody they hear all this stuff on YouTube, yeah. on the internet, yeah. and and they're really hungry. So they're very boom to come. You know. It's kind of funny. In New York, people won't go from the east side to the west side. Right. You know? <laughs> but, um, yeah, and my, my, my practice is to, to, to do it the best I can, whatever that means. Yeah. Uh, to give myself completely to it, to try to make the music as good, at least the way I like it, because I'm certainly not singing to please anybody else. That would be too difficult. So I, I just sing what I like. I try to please yeah. myself. And uh, luckily, happily, some people seem to like it. Yeah. A lot of people like it. Yes, indeed. Um, <coughs> last smooth segue into why? saying, how, what more can we say? You know, well, no, I want to know. Oh, you do? You kind yeah. of, you've got something to say? Okay. Yeah. Why are we wearing the same shirts oh, it's, today? It's, We're really it's part this, of a cult. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to suck you into the red shirt cult. Yes. Yeah. Red shirts. You've heard of the red hat? We're the red shirts. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. After 43 years <laughs> of hanging out, yeah. it's been good. <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks, to this uh, on-location podcast that David and I did with Krishna Das. And uh, we'd love to remind you again uh, about uh, supporting. You know, if you like this podcast, and we hope you'll continue listening, you can go to uh, audibletrial.com slash mindrolling and, uh, and uh, get yourself a free uh, book upon subscribing to these wonderful audio podcasts. You can listen to them, uh, podcasts, audio books that you can listen to anywhere. And also, uh, you know, donate or go to Amazon. Uh, all of this uh, to support um, David's habits. Yes, my habits. It's not a habit. It's habits. Unfortunately. But, you know, I might say about Christian Das that he, he doesn't give that many interviews, so that was a precious thing. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it's not going to happen every day. So, uh, you know, we need, we need help with this because, uh, you know, we have to travel and do things. And it would be nice to get some donations. And we, we don't mind begging because that's the way we will survive and continue to do this for you. All right? Very good. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. 